the internet has given us the illusion of friendship without any of the hard work. So where we thought we had all these friends and all these followers and all these likes, it turns out that's not enough to satisfy the human soul. Like the human soul needs more than a Zoom connection. The human soul needs more than an Instagram like. Like we need face-to-face, person-to-person contact. We need community. You got to fight for it. You have to go after it. You've got to be the friend you want to have. It takes work, man, but you can be that person and you can certainly have that person in your life. So if you're willing to, to take on a posture of lowliness, if you're, if you're willing to be active, if you're, if you're willing to be your true self, man, you can be a companion and someone can be a companion to you. All right, man. So we're living in what has been dubbed a male loneliness crisis. That's not a joke, like it's a real thing. A couple of months ago, the Surgeon General of the United States announced that the number one killer of men, it's not heart disease, it's not cancer, it's isolation and loneliness. We have have a lonely epidemic going on, and it's hitting men harder than anyone else. Men don't have friends. Men aren't making friends. And men are burrowing further and further into into isolation. Loneliness and isolation um, will cause a man to withdraw. Uh, Obviously, it can lead to suicide. Last week, we talked about how men suicide 4X than anybody else. But it also leads to unhealthy living. If you have no one to hold you accountable, if you have no one to to go with you and, and, and for you, it's easy to slide into a pattern of unhealthy living. That's physically unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy, spiritually unhealthy. When you're not living in community, when instead you're living in isolation and loneliness, you're literally not living up to your design. You're not, you're not being who God has called you to be, and that brings with it just a myriad of health problems that lead to things like cancer, and heart disease, sickness, and death. In many ways, loneliness is, is the root cause of a lot of things. There, there's another uh, term that was kind of coined uh, on the internet, a friendship recession. And I love what, I think it was Turkle out of MIT. Uh, she wrote a book called Reclaiming Conversation. And she said technology, she said uh, the internet has given us the illusion of friendship without any of the hard work. So where we thought we had all these friends and all these followers and all these likes, it turns out that's not enough to satisfy the human soul. Like the human soul needs more than a Zoom connection. The human soul needs more than an Instagram like. Like we need face-to-face, person-to-person contact. We need community. And this isn't a new thing. Community has been written into our DNAs from our beginning. I want you to think about God. There's, there's a theological concept called the Trinity, three in one. Uh, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They have eternally existed, and they existed in community. Uh, I tell men all the time that that God is the original OG when it comes to community. God is the very definition of community. He is community. 
So, brother, you and me being created in God's image, we were created for community. It's written in us and on us. It's who we are. And when we are not living and working in community, when we're not in community with other men, we're not living in our design. We're not living in our purpose. And the result will be isolation. It will be loneliness. It's a host of problems. A host of problems. So I want to talk today about male friendship. One of the most Google phrases by men is, is how do I make a friend? How do I make a friend? How, how, how do I be a friend to someone? And I'm not talking about superficial, super casual acquaintances. I'm not talking about your Facebook friends and your Instagram followers. I'm talking about being a friend, being a companion. When I look at different people in my life, um, I, have, I have various categories for people, and it, it, it helps me spiritually, it helps me emotionally, it helps me mentally. And when I think about when I think about friendships, I think about three C's. I call them the three C's. Companionship, constituents, and comrades. And I want to tell you the difference between, between those, those people. Um, it's all good. None of it's bad. So don't, don't hear any of this being bad. I'll tell you how it can be bad, but, but let me define those three C's. So when I talk about comrades, I'm talking about men in my life men that are with me and men that are for me because we have a common enemy we need to defeat. You'll see this in, in AA groups. You'll see this uh, in, in world wars, uh, allies. Uh, we, we formed alliances and, and we had comrades, comrades with, with other countries because we had a common enemy. We had to defeat Germany, World War II. But here's the deal. After the enemy is defeated, we all go our separate ways, and that's okay. The common enemy is defeated. It's, it's done. It's over. So we go back uh, to, our, to our world. That's a comrade. It's a good thing. Sometimes you need to link up with other men because those men are going to help you defeat a common enemy or you're going to help them defeat a common enemy. Sometimes we don't have comrades, we have constituents. And I want you to think like a politician, right? A constituent is someone that's in your life because you're bettering their life and they are making your life better. But when that agreement stops or that arrangement stops, everybody goes their own way. And again, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with, with being in a season with a person or with a group of people to where you're growing, you're maturing, you are being bettered because you're with those people or vice versa, because you're there, they're growing, they're maturing, they're getting better. But once that plateaus, you go your separate way. If you're, if you're on a journey with someone, right, and, and they've reached their limit to where they can't grow anymore, that being friends with you, being with you, being in your ecosystem doesn't allow them to grow, then, then you would be a terrible person if you just held them there. No, no, like you need to give them permission to go 
go find somebody else to, to grow with. And the same thing for yourself. If you're with, if you're with a group where, where it's a constituent group and you are there because you want to mature and you want to grow and you want to get gains, but, but the gains aren't coming because you've, you've maxed out, then guess what? Man, go find another gym. Go find people and places where you can grow and get to the next level. Don't let, don't let people hold you back. And then lastly, there's, there's companions. And these companions are, are your ride or die. Those, those are the very few people that you're going to do life with day in and day out, that no matter what, dark days, bright days, bad days, good days, they're there. They're for you, and they're with you. So I want you to think about your world, and I just, I just want you to start thinking about your companions, your constituents, and your comrades. And this is where, this is where it gets problematic. It gets problematic when we expect constituents and we expect comrades to be companions. That's where we get our little feelings hurt. That's where relationships start to break. That's where everything begins to break down. It's because we mislabeled people. This person was a constituent or you were a constituent and all along you thought they were a companion when in reality they were a constituent. And guess what? You do nothing for them anymore. Now they have permission to go off and, and, and somehow that affects you in a negative way. Well, it affects you because you are looking at them as a companion instead of a constituent. No, you need to know exactly where people are in your life and you need to know where you are in their life. That's, that's the first thing I want to tell you. But more so, I want to I want to focus in on that on that companion. And what does it mean to have a companion and what does it mean to be a companion? Well, first and foremost, it's a posture and a position of humility. It's that it's that Philippians 2:3 posture where you consider someone else's wants and needs and dreams more important than your own. I mean, do you have somebody like that in your life? Where, where, where you look at them and you think, man, I want, I want more for this person than I want for, for myself. I've got a friend like that. I've got a friend like that, that that every time he succeeds, and he's a successful guy, every time he succeeds, it's not, man, I wish I could be more like him or, man, I wish I had what he has. Every time he's successful, man, I am so genuinely happy for him. I want him to keep succeeding. I want him to grow and mature, and I'm going to be there for him through thick and through thin. And guess what? He does the same thing for me. He's always boosting me. He's there if I need anything. I honestly believe he would give up what he has if I needed it. He has my best interest at heart all the time. So I think that's the first thing, man. You have to have a level of humility. And, and, and what is humility? Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. There are a lot of churches and whack preachers that teach that. Like humility is thinking less of yourself. That's not what humility is. Humility is simply thinking about yourself less. That's what humility is. You're just thinking about yourself less because you're thinking of others more. So that's the first thing. 
You've got to have a posture of humility, of lowliness, meekness. Jesus said, come and learn these things from me. More times than not, it's through that camaraderie that you're going to find companions. Now, a true comrade, once the enemy is defeated, they're going to go their separate ways because they have no interest after that. So think about, think about America, North America, linking up with Russia to defeat Germany. Okay? After Germany is defeated, guess what? Russia goes its separate way. America goes its separate way. The common enemy is dead. But through that, through that camaraderie where you're defeating a common enemy, it lays the ground for some companionship to emerge. And, and a companion is somebody you're working shoulder to shoulder with, and it's just one common goal or one common enemy after another. They never leave you. Like you're on the journey together. The battle never ends. They're there with you, thick and thin. It's your ride or die. It's your fast and your furious. I'm talking about Dom Toretto. Let's roll. That's why there's so many fast and furiouses. It never ends. <laughs> series is going to go on forever. And he has that family. He has those companions. That's, that's the difference between companionship and comrades. Companionship will not lead to having a comrade, but starting with comrades and having comrades can often lead to companionship. Secondly, man, you got to be active. You got to fight for it. You have to go after it. You've got to be the friend you want to have. It takes work, man. It takes work doing life with another person. It takes work checking in on people, texting people, calling people, visiting people, driving to meet people. It takes work exposing yourself and, and bearing your soul and letting people in on your weaknesses and your shortcomings, knowing they won't judge you because they're a companion. I mean, it's a lot of work, which is why when I hear people say, well, I have 10 best friends or 20 best friends or 30 best friends, the reality is they probably have no friends at all. Do you know how exhausting it would be to truly know 20 people and have 20 people truly know you? It's impossible. So no, you find those one, those two, maybe those three people that you can be real and raw and honest and sincere with, man, and you just go after it. You work for it. I've got a couple of people in my life that, that I don't let two or three days go by, that I don't see them or talk to them, or check in on them. And here's the deal. If a whole week, or two weeks, or a month can go by without you checking in on me, you're not a companion, and that's okay. You may be a constituent, you may be a comrade, you may be an acquaintance, I don't know, but you're probably not a companion. And it's the same thing. If I can let a month or two months go by and, and, and you haven't really heard from me, it's because in that season at that time, we're just not companions. Like, like neither one of us is putting in the work to be deep, deep friends. And that's okay. It may not be our season. So first, you're, you're coming with a posture of humility. Second, you're willing to put in the work to be there, to be present, Third, you're willing to always be yourself. One of the true signs that, 
that you have a companion and that you are a companion is that you don't have to put on a fake face. You don't have to pretend to be someone else. You don't have to dress to impress or look a certain way or live in a certain neighborhood. There is no partiality. You just get to be you. We all need a friend that we can just be us around. And we all need to be that friend that, that, that our companions can just be themselves around us. And listen, I know that can be scary. That takes a level of vulnerability. That takes a level of trust that is basically non-existent today. But you can be that person, and you can certainly have that person in your life. So if you're willing to, to take on a posture of lowliness, if you're, if you're willing to be active, if you're, if you're willing to be your true self, man, you can be a companion, and someone can be a companion to you. So where, where should you find that person at? Like you're listening to this, and you're saying, Chris, man, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be humble, and I'm willing to be active, and I'm willing to be authentic. Man, where do I go to look for that Brothers, it is not the bar. It is not, it's not your online Call of Duty group. Like, that's not the place. I'm telling you, if you want to find real companions, the number one place to look, the number one place to find male companionship is in the church. It's King Jesus' bride, man. Other men in the church, that's where you can find true companionship, true community. Think about it. Just think about the church commitment. I mean, there are other men in your church that are making that weekly commitment just like you are to be there. You're already pointed in the same direction. Hopefully you're trying to run after King Jesus. You're under the same leadership, the same authority. You have some of the same interests because you're there. It's a ready-made place to find companionship. I wholeheartedly believe one of the reasons men are suffering from a friendship recession today, it's because men largely are not in church. Now, next week, we're going to jump into that. We're going to talk about how, how the church has, has large-scale abandoned men and men have large-scale abandoned the church. So we're going to get to that. But I'm telling you, one of the reasons, one of the reasons men live in a friendship recession, it's because they're not going to church. It's because, as the old country song said, we're looking for love in all the wrong places, brothers. We're looking for love in all the wrong faces. You find companionship in God's church. That's where you'll find it. And then you'll work through that context. You'll work with a spirit of humility, with an active passion, willing to be yourself, Man, you'll find a friend, and hopefully you'll be the friend that God has called you to be. You know, when we think about God's design, men and women are created differently. So it, it appears that, that women make friends or, or women find companions more easily than men. And I think one of the reasons for that is, is, is women largely don't need a reason to get together. Women will just naturally fellowship. Women naturally hang out. Women, women tend to, it seems, women, women tend to naturally uh, long for companionship, right? It's, it's, it's one of the reasons that the most popular evangelical term today is have a personal relationship with Jesus. 
Uh, that's not even in the Bible. Having a personal relationship with Jesus, it's, it's, it's not a phrase in the Bible. So why do we use it? Well, it appeals to women. Women are looking for personal relationships. Women are looking for someone to, to go to Starbucks with and, and, and have a cup of coffee. I don't think men naturally want that or, or naturally desire that. Where, where, where women love the, uh, love the face-to-face, I, I, I tell men all the time, women make friends face-to-face. Men make friends shoulder-to-shoulder. It's interesting when you think about uh, the military or think about people who have fought in wars, like, like they come back, a band of brothers. Why is that? Because they, they set up late at night sharing a latte and talking about their, their secrets? No, it's because they were in the trenches, shoulder to shoulder, fighting for a cause, moving towards a common goal. I think that's one of the way men develop friendships. And, and, and guess what? We don't have a lot of opportunity for that today. We have a ton of opportunity for us to sit around, hold hands, and, and share our secrets and confess our sins. Tons of opportunities for that. But, but culture and the church, by and large, doesn't present a lot of opportunities for us to get shoulder to shoulder and forge those bonds. It, it, it's the reason why friendships on sports teams tend to last. I have a, I have a mentor that, that tells me every man... Uh, I, remember, I remember him saying this. He said, every man is just looking for the next locker room. That's the type of companionship they're looking for. He was a, he was a collegiate baseball player. Well, what's unique about sports teams? Well, they're together all the time, training together all the time, practicing together all the time, and they're moving towards a common goal. They want to win a championship. So it's no coincidence that that from the military or from athletic teams, you see these strong bonds. Well, when was the last time culture, society, the church presented that opportunity that told men, hey, hey, come together, come together for this season. We're going to work shoulder to shoulder to move towards this common go and then let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does and, and forge companionship out of that. We don't, we don't create a space for that. We have very little spaces for men. We have tons of spaces for women. Man, it's so easy, especially for us guys, it's so easy for us to stay home, to isolate ourselves, uh, to feed our soul with um, the Internet or social media, or pornography, or video games, or whatever else it is that, that it just depletes us. It just it literally chloroforms our soul. It's slowly killing us. So, what do you tell a friend, or or or, or tell the guy that that you see wasting away at home? Maybe it's a roommate that you see wasting away at home that you just can't get him to engage in community. I think first and foremost, you have to tell him, listen, you were. You were made for community. That no man lives on an island. That, that the loneliness and the despair and the desperation, like if you're not feeling it right now, it's coming. And that's because you were created for something more. You were created for something more than, than living alone. You know what? You know what I don't think heaven has? I don't think heaven has corners. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a place in heaven for timeouts or a place where people can go hide or stand and sit in the corners. I don't think there's any corners in heaven. 
I think heaven is this this paradise, this renewed earth, obviously, where everyone is living perfectly in community and fellowship and oneness and unity. And I think we're to reflect a little bit of that heaven here on earth. That's what I would tell that guy, man. There's no corners in heaven. You need to start practicing now. God has created you and called you to, 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 to live in community. And here's the deal. Maybe he says, well, I don't want to live in community. Well, what if community isn't for you? That's the most selfish statement ever. The Bible is clear that, that people actually function better when you're in their world. Maybe, maybe you're the arm that's connected to their hand, and they can't be the hand without the arm. So maybe you're just the, the Eeyore with the rain cloud that hates people and doesn't like to be around people. Well, what if I told you, bro, it's not about you? What if I told you it's about me? Like, I need you in my life. When you're around and when you're for me and with me, man, you unlock my God-given potential. So get off the couch and get into community. Your brothers and sisters need you. Your church needs you far more than you think you're needed. I want you to go into 2024 not alone, not isolated, but ready to cultivate friendships, ready to be the friend God has called you and created you to be. I want you to live 2024 in community. I'm not a big, um, what are those things called at the beginning of the year? I'm not a big resolutions guy. Resolutions are, are, are just marks set up for failure. I don't believe in that. I'm a, I'm a transformation guy. I'm a restoration guy. I don't need resolutions. I need renovation. That's what the Bible says. I want God to renovate my soul, to renovate my heart. One of the ways he does that is through his church, through people in his church. One of the most sanctifying things in your life is going to be in community with other men, other men challenging you. Other men calling you out on your junk. Other men propping you up and encouraging you. That's what I want in 2024 for you. I want you to find authentic community and I want you to go after it. Don't live another year in isolation. Don't live another year in a friendship recession. I'm ready for a friendship boom. Find friends and be the friend God's called you to be.